Beautiful. Please be seated. We are going to marathon. Marathon. Uh, as you are sharing, a few things kept coming to me even as I get into the second session. Um, I thought about David. How did David practice lo loyalty? When Pastor Florence said, it's a setup. That's the truth. When you see that scripture in Psalm 133, loyalty is a setup for greatness. Because it's like, oh, behold how good, it's pleasant. When brethren don't dwell together, the next thing you know, it's like pres that precious oil running down. You know, I like what, what, what uh, Dr. Stephen shared, that oil flows, it doesn't run. It's gentle. But in this scripture, he's saying that when there is unity, the thing takes on a new shape. It runs. It runs down. It doesn't flow. That, the oil changes its nature. It changes the nature of oil. To, because God wants, he desires greatness on all of us. The end of it is eternal life. The end of it is God life. The God life being manifest on earth. You know, for us to see salvations, discipleship, what? And that's why the devil fights unity and loyalty. Because where there's disloyalty, my God, you will forget. For, yeah, he begins in the family unit. You're disloyal to your parents, disloyal to siblings. You know that thing? Like it begins by the time we find church, we are well practiced in disloyalty. So we know exactly what to say, how to behave, how to manipulate things. What We don't know how to be loyal. So we have to be taught. Because it's not natural to be loyal. Loyalty is unnatural. It's spiritual. It's for spiritual people. That's why you can name for me loyal families. There are not too many that you know who you say, eh, those guys are loyal. You, there are few. But the normal ones who are neither loyal nor disloyal are there. They are the majority. People get along with each other. What? They don't. But the ones who are loyal to each other, they are few. Even, even marriages where there's loyalty. They are in, for, in worship harvest, of course, they are becoming common. But you know, it's a setup. And that, so God puts the oil on a person and then requires us to humble ourselves and go under them that it may run down to us. Oil runs down, not up, not behind, not aside, down. And it doesn't flow down, it runs down. Those words are very intentional. God is in a hurry. God wants to make greatness common. He's setting us up. Ruth and Naomi, it was a setup. It was a setup for Ruth, but in the beginning, it looked like it was Ruth who was helping Naomi by going with her. You understand? Eh? It looked like Ruth was helping Naomi by sticking with her. But the truth is God made Ruth stick with Naomi because God wanted to make Ruth great and show her as an example. When you look at David and Saul, how did David practice loyalty? David practiced loyalty, one, by fighting the, the battles of Saul. He fought his battles. He covered him uh, when he had demonic attacks, he was the one ministering to him. He ministered to him. You know, there are different ways to practice loyalty. You know, ministering to the person, serving them, fighting their battles. Uh, and then when a, an opportunity came for him to fight him, David refused to fight against his father. Refused to fight against those who God has put the precious oil on in your life. That's part of loyalty. You refuse. You refuse to participate in fighting them. You know, um, he refused to fight him and then when he died, you see, even after death, you can be loyal. Because that's the real loyalty. Like if you are, you know those people who act like they are the friends of people's parents and the parents die and you never hear from the uncle. Were they loyal? They were not. Loyalty is seen after, even after the fact, like when, that's why I'm saying, even, Paul says, even more in my absence, do these things. When the person is, is absent, how do you behave? Yeah. At the location when apostle is not present, how, how are things? 
on Sunday when the network leader is not visiting, how are things? Does your location, is it the same way it is when the network leader comes to visit? Like if they came to visit suddenly, would they find what you prepare when they come, when you know they are coming? That's, that's loyalty. Where you stick to the, you know, how did he, he looked, he went around looking, is there a relative of Saul? I want to do good to them. Remember this is a man who fought him, what? But David, you see loyalty is not about how the other person treats you. No, I, 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 I know a person who I experienced most of my life who was loyal to her husband. That man was not a good husband. He was a good person but a bad husband. He mistreated her. He would go and produce children and bring her, bring for her and then go away. And then she's the one who lived right in the villages. Him is in the city. There's even a time he came with his girlfriend and this woman had to make a bed for the girlfriend and the husband. You would never... Try, you try to make her say anything ill of her husband, she will never. She would cry. Cry. I remember one time she was making water for them to go and bathe. The man and his girlfriend. Meanwhile, there are people there, they are all seeing your shame. She was just talking to herself. And then some of us went to talk to her. She told us, your children, don't involve yourselves in these matters. A woman in pain, but she will not speak ill. It's not about how the other person treats you. Loyalty is not a response. It's not a reaction. You understand? Eh? That, hey, I want to react to, I am loyal. I'm not me. If I'm struggling because you are bad to me, I'm not loyal. No, you're disloyal. It is a nature. It is a choice. You choose to be. It is a state of being, not a reaction. I'm responding to you, but to be loyal to you because you are this to me. No. Wow. Yeah. This verse of work out your own salvation doesn't start there. Put it up, Pastor, Pastor Richard. It says, therefore, my beloved. This is always to the beloved, by the way. God loves us as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Loyalty is not a response. It is a state of being. David, even when Saul was not seeing him, he was loyal. Even after Saul died, he was loyal. said, what will I do for the, the living, the ones who are still alive, someone of the house of Saul? I want to do good for them. I want to be loyal to them. You understand? So you can't say I am loyal to apostle but not to Pastor Ari or to, or to the people apostle has sent. Your location pastor, your network leader, your zono pastor, who, maybe you're loyal to your location pastor but you're not loyal to the zono pastor. Then you're not loyal to the location pastor. Because anyone of their house you do, not because of feelings. Remember, you know when you guys were talking about, you know, loyalties in the mouth, eh? Do you know that you can say words without feelings? So for you, some of you are saying, eh, me, I don't feel anything. I won't talk. You're unwise. Words and feelings have nothing to do with anything. Truth is truth. So if you know that it is true that so and so, they are a blessing in this way, you can say it without waiting to feel something. It's in your power to use words. And so... David refused to fight. He defended Saul. He honored his people. It's a setup for greatness, always. And David became great. David became great. So, loyalty is a setup. <laughs> uh, in John 1, 1 to 12, um, in John 1, 11 to 12, John chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, he says, I think it says that he came to his own and his own did not receive him, which is dangerous. You know, 
he came to his own and his own did not receive him. So it begins there. That usually when they, when they are your own, you, it's hard to receive them. You have to be aware of that, that it's hard to receive. After a while, it's hard for a wife to receive her husband. After a while, it's hard for a husband to receive his wife a certain way. After a while, it's hard for you to receive your pastor. In the beginning, it's exciting. You look at them, you think so highly of them. Then as you get closer and get to realize they are human beings, it's just the oil. It's just they are no, you can't explain their results actually because now you really know them. You're like, how come actually they are? You, you're trying to understand, no, they are no more. How come these things are happening? It's that you're just struggling with your own. They've become your own. And that it's natural for you not to receive your own. But it is bad. But you see, I'm about to show you what is in verse 12, which is now becomes a disadvantage to you who doesn't receive them. Because you're not receiving an anointed person is not to their disadvantage, it is to yours. Because you see what happens then, what is the third, the third word in this verse? But as what? Many did what? <laughs> His own not receiving him does not stop God from bringing many who receive. Oh yes. You refusing to receive Apostle Mose does not diminish him in any way. Many will receive him. Many. And to those many, they will have the right to be called sons of God. I told you that loyalty changes your identity and gives you inheritance. The moment you receive someone which is loyalty, what happens is that you enter the lineage spiritually and you become, you have a right to be called a child. You have a right. It's not, it's, not, it's not like by association when you're in worship harvest, you're now a child in the house. No, you get it by right. It's a right that is given by you receiving the person. And how do you receive them? We're going to see different scriptures. Like the thing of receiving is where that's the loyalty thing. Like it's flowing. Guys, the loyalty thing is, 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 is it's together. Loyalty. Actually, what does the word loyalty mean in the dictionary? Have you seen that verse? As many, we only like the part of they gave them the right. No, he came to his own, his own did not. Pastors, I want to encourage you. Maybe some of you are in places where your own have not received you. Don't worry. There are many who God has set up for you to receive. I'm telling you, there are many who God has set up. Let me show you a scripture. In 1 Samuel chapter 10. Go to 1 Samuel, maybe 10, 10. 10, 27, there, 26, 27. 1 Samuel 10, 26. Try there and we see. 1 Samuel 10. Because there are many God has set up to receive you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's read it together. 26 and 27. You're going to see two categories of people. And Saul also went home to Gibeah, and valiant men went with him, whose hearts God... What kind of men went with him? Valiant men. God first calls them valiant. What is that? Give me some synonyms for the word valiant. Strong, powerful, able, you know, brave, mighty. You know, when you, when, when you go with the anointed, that's, that's how you're called. You're a valiant man or woman. Suddenly, because you've chosen to go. So he says they also went, went to Gibeah because they had made him king. Who is this guy? Out of the blue, some guy is looking for donkeys. While he's on his way looking for donkeys, they make him a king. 
<laughs> and some guys there are like, man. But you see, <laughs> valiant, some of you, that's what happened. As you came to worship harvest looking for deliverance, here you are, you're now a pastor. Yeah. The people are like, where did this one? We know her from secondary school. We know him. You came looking for a wife. Now you are a, valiant, now you are a king. But there are people who God is going to set up. Every time God gives you a ministry, he sets up people who are going to be loyal to you. So don't over-concentrate on the disloyal people if you're a minister. But also don't be the one who they are not concentrating on. Don't be the disloyal one who they are not paying attention to. Eh? Your, your pastor is like, ah, ignore and keep moving. Because it says valiant men went with him, but wh why were they how, did, how, how come they went with him? God touched their hearts. There are people who God's heart, God touches their hearts so that they go with you. Eh? And, and even me, I want God to touch my heart and keep touching it that I may be loyal. But see the verse 27, which is not your portion. But some rebels said, how can this man... So they did what? They despised him and brought him no presents. But he held. One of the ways to show your loyalty is by bringing presents. It's there. That they despised him and brought him no presents. It's in the same, like, basically, people who despise you don't bring you presents. When you despise someone, you never give them a present. Why is it very quiet? Have you not been giving presents? I'm talking to school of ministry students. You are the people who are, oh, you are so loyal. You're always giving gifts. Eh? Eh, why are you quiet as if you are the ones I'm talking about in this verse? I see valiant men and women. Yes, 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 yes. Valiant men and women whose hearts God has touched. You're not the rebels. What makes you a rebel is when you choose not to walk with the ones who God has appointed. When you're out, out. They despised him and brought him no presents, but he held his peace. So as many as received him to them, God gave the right. I, I saw that coward many. This week, and I was like, ah. So those who did not receive him, it's their disadvantage because there are many who are going to receive him. When Jesus was born, God set up wise men, some kings from the east who interpreted the star. And how did they honor Jesus? They brought gifts. Yeah, so one of the ways to practice loyalty is give gifts to your leaders. Be a gifter. Hmm, be a gifter. Don't, don't wait to say for you, God is working in you. It's a decision. Today you can become a gifter if you decide. Just set an alarm, buy a gift. Yeah, like you don't need some revelation to go to the prayer mountain about gifts. Loyalty means giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or an institution. I'll read it again. Loyalty is giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or an institution. That is loyalty. You show. It is not feeling firm and constant support. It's not feeling it. It's not thinking about it. It is showing. Meaning loyalty is not in private. You can't be loyal secretly. You say, me in my heart, you see me. Hmm. I am loyalty. If loyalty was a person, I am she, I am he. It is my name, I am loyalty. 
but we've never seen you give a present to your leader. We've never heard you say anything positive. You don't do evangelism. You don't engage in discipleship. You don't engage in church planting, at least by giving money to the church plant. If you don't want to plant the church, at least support it financially. But in your heart, you see, you are the biggest loyal person to Apostle Moses Mukisa. It's a lie. It's a lie. You're deceived. Yes. Loyalty is showing firm. It has to be firm and constant support. Firm and constant. Firm and constant. Firm and constant. Firm. Like it's not, it's not there, there. You say, okay, even me, eh? I, f- I feel you, eh? Even you, even you, eh? you're feeling it. Eh? To call you a discipleship. What you do? Shall keep going. We're together. You show firm and constant support. When we are raising money for buy the land, farm and it's what we are doing. Farm constant. Arise and build, it's like you came up with the idea. Yes, if we're talking about evangelism, you're crazy about it. Yes, some of us, our mission communities don't bring in a salvation a week and we think that it's too much to ask. You're disloyal. You're not bad, but you're not loyal. Because loyalty is showing firm and constant support and allegiance to a person or an institution. So if you're showing support to the, to the movement of worship harvest, firm and constant, what are the things that are very important in this movement? Evangelism, discipleship, church planting. And of course, in between there, the parts of like, make sure you're making money. If you're married, your marriage should be wonderful. You know, those things, save 20%, tithe, do HI, grow in your leadership. Because we are raising leaders. We're not raising church members in this movement. We are raising, we need church planters. We need leaders. We need the light to go out there. We need people who are thinking about others, not people who are coming for only their deliverance. Because the point of your deliverance, according to the scriptures, is that you become a deliverer. Yes, that's what the scriptures tell us. That so that you go and become a repairer of broken walls. That's the end of it. That you become what happened to you, you make it happen for others. That's what this movement is about. So, to show firm and constant support... Sometimes we show support, but it's not firm and it's not constant. That's loyalty. Disloyalty, it implies a lack of complete faithfulness to a friend, a cause, a leader, or a country. A lack of complete faithfulness. And I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. There are times when I've acted disloyal. And I still do sometimes. So once in a while, you'll find that eh, you're a bit off. But we are saying we are moving towards loyalty. Every day we keep learning, changing, adjusting, you know, eh? so that you know that your voice matters. Some of you think it's only the zono pastors who should talk about evangelism or the location pastors. You, feel, you actually feel your people are tired. Your people, you even call them your people. They are tired, you know. Ah, anang, we can't evangel- you can't wait for December when they don't have to ask you for evangelism. There is like a thing, you're not, you don't have firm and constant support. You don't yet understand the mission that you are part of. And so maybe what should happen, listen to more teachings that Apostle has done about these things so that the heart starts to move towards these things. But while you're waiting for the heart, do the actions. Yes, loyalty can be learned. 
Loyalty, like trust, takes time to build. I told you I'm teaching my children loyalty. Loyalty is a heart issue. Loyalty is devotion. Loyalty is a path to promotion. And the true testimony of your loyalty comes from the one you are loyal to, not from yourself. The true testimony of your loyalty is from the person who you're loyal to. You can't say, me, I'm loyal, but that person, they think I'm not. Not so. Like, until the one who knows the poor are loyal to you. Yeah, you know. But what if someone who you don't think is loyal to you comes and says, me? <laughs> you just don't know me, Pastor Flo. I'm so loyal to you. Ah. How come I don't know? You know, eh? like, yeah, it is the testimony of the one you're loyal to. Because you see how they know their oil, they know what their oil looks like when it's not flowing to you. Yeah. I know about the loyalty of my husband. He knows about my loyalty. I can't be done saying, me, I'm very loyal to my husband. I mean, I can say it, but according to him, he might have a different idea. He might say, you think you're loyal, but you're not. I have to check. How is it? But I want us to look at something together. Let's start from... I want us to see loyalty in the life of Jesus. Do you, do you think that's good? He's a good example, yeah? All right, let's start from uh, John chapter... No, Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Is your neighbor alive? So this is Jesus, 12 years old, and um, his parents are looking for him. And when they finally find him after three very distressing days, what does he, he say to them? What did he say? <laughs> did you not know that I must be about my father's what? My father's what? Can someone help me find the definition of the word business? You're busy, eh? <laughs> Has someone found it? A person's regular occupation, profession, or trade. A person's regular what? Profession. Occupation, profession, or trade. A person's, the word there is regular. A person's what? Regular. regular occupation, something that occupies you regularly. Give me another word for the word regular. Usual, continuous, repetitive, frequent, consistent, all the time. You're usually known for it, right? It's your regular, it's something that if you save regularly, you don't save when the pastor comes to you with the threats of death. You might save, but not regularly. You might do evangelism, but not regularly. You might be making disciples, but not regularly. 
You might have a heart for church planting, but not regularly. You might be uh, giving kameza, but not regularly. But your apostle does. You might be honoring your, uh, your husband, but not regularly. You might be, what? What is, when he says, my writing books, but not, you wrote the one of HI four years ago. So it's not regular. Actually, you're not really an author. You are just under threat, an author under threat. So you are, it's not regular. Your father has nine, nine books. You have, you have half a book. We can't call it a book, actually. Half a book. In fact, you only printed 30 copies for the institute. And then you said, Phew. Yeah, you are not about your father's business. Yeah, you don't build. In fact, you have never even built so much as a pit latrine. At least to turn the kid out. I go to another point. I leave this one alone. You don't buy land regularly. If we ask you this year, how much land have you bought? You say, I'm, I'm, I've been praying. Who asked you about prayer? The question is, how much land have you bought this year? Pastor, you see, you know, I don't see, I don't know. Zero. Say the number. How much land have you bought? But your father is, yeah, you don't teach. If I ask you how often do you teach in a week? Yeah, you say, Pastor, I listen to teachings. I didn't ask you how many times you listen to teachings. You... Regular occupation. You're, he said, I must be regularly occupied with what is occupying my father. Auntie, we're talking about loyalty. I know some of you are like, but is that what we're talking about? Maybe someone bring me the book of Bishop Doug, Loyalty and Disloyalty. I read for you some stages. I have one here, TJ, thank you. Don't worry, before we end, I'll read for you from this book. So that you feel that Guys, I'm talking about loyalty practically in the movement of worship harvest. What does it look like? Are you regularly occupied with what occupies the heart of the man of God that God has placed over this movement? There is a grace upon every house. This house has its graces. You see, if you're doing evangelism, you're contributing to church planting. If you're doing discipleship, you're contributing to church planting. If you're taking care of your finances, you're contributing to church planting. Because eventually you'll have enough money to build churches. If you're giving to arise and build, you're contributing to church planting. If you're giving to buy the land, you're contributing to church planting. If, you are, if, you're, if you're loving your spouse, you're contributing to church planting because of the strong marriages that will outlast times. If you're writing books, you're contributing to church planting. If you're teaching, you're contributing to church planting. Eh! Because whatever he engages in regularly, praying, is what we must be engaging in regularly if we are indeed loyal sons and daughters. And let me show you 2 Timothy 3.10. If you have it in the Passion Translation, 2 Timothy 3.10. Because you might be like, Pastor B3, now you've gone to other things. For us, we came here for loyalty. <laughs> no, I don't know what we are talking about anymore. We are talking about loyalty, but not the way your brain tells you. Let's read together what Paul says about Timothy, his loyal son. But you, Timothy, have closely followed my example and the truth that I have imparted to you. You have modeled your life after the love and endurance I've demonstrated in my ministry by not giving up. The faith I have, you now have. 
what I have hungered for in life has now become your longing as well. That patience I have with others, you now demonstrate. Does that sound like a loyal son? He says, you have closely followed my example and the truth that I have imparted to you. There are two parts of loyalty that you follow. You follow example and truth. Many of us are happy to follow truth, but not example. We listen. We do up more challenge every month. No problem. But after doing the challenge, eh, we do not save. We don't do evangelism. We don't give to buy the land. We don't give to arise and build. We don't start missional communities. We don't make disciples, but we up more. In fact, you do 60 in, one in 30. 60 in 30 challenge. Ah, morning and evening, yes. Two per day. Why are you doing one? Two per day. Two per day. Two per day because you are planted. But we can't see any fruit. There's no example. One of the ways you become despised is when you lack example. It's what Paul tells Timothy. He says, don't let anyone. Meaning you're the one who lets people despise you. People don't despise you. Like you can let people despise you. He says, don't let them, but be an example. How do you make sure people don't despise you? Be an example of the things you say. But when you lack example, they will despise you. Hmm? Silence has visited this place. Quietness Presbyterian is in the house. No, don't tell. Stop despising me. No, how you make sure they don't despise you? Be an example to them in your words, in your conduct, in your love. Just show them your land title. And say, so I've bought two, two pieces of land this year. How much have you bought? I don't know. I don't think they are going to start despising you. But when you are there releasing saliva, they all know you bought exactly no land. I mean, in fact, they are the ones who bought some land this year, and you are there rebuking them about financial practices. They are, you will, it will be hard. You are making it hard for that Christian. Yeah. One, apostle buys pieces of land every year. Mm. Mm, example. This is when he's talking about the things he has authority. You're not like, I wonder, when I even mean the spirit, I see the land. His is not in the spirit. Neither should yours be. Loyalty, you have closely followed my example. That is loyalty. Ruth says to Naomi, because she's loyal, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Like we are together. That's exactly what Elisha, when Elijah dies, Elisha does exactly what Elijah did. He followed him everywhere. He followed him. He followed, and following, you know, some of us think hard following is when apostle goes to this place, we also go there. We go to this place, you also go there. He's in Nairobi, I'll be there. He goes, I'll be there. I'll be there. You know, we are there on the, I'll be there. You have no savings. You borrowed money, hard follower t-shirt, you wear it. You are borrowing money to go to, I'll be there. You're now in debt with the congregation, I'll be there. Apostle does not borrow to travel. Where are you borrowing? You're not a hard follower. Loyalty is not in being where Apostle is. Being where, there are even some people who are where he is, but they are spies. Not everyone who is aware. When you're in school with your face, if you, if they, and there are people you went to school with from primary to secondary. Are they your sisters? Wow. Huh? One day with you everywhere. Same class. Same, class, same dormitory. They, they, beca they became your siblings. 
They became your siblings. They became born by your father because you were with everywhere they went, you were there. Eh? You can't be there that for you, you are a hard follower. If he's in Kawempe, you will arrive before you sleep there actually the night before, like security. Eh? Praying. What? But when we look at your life, it looks nothing like the life of the man of God. Nothing. Nothing. You are behind him following. You are a hard follower. He says you have closely followed my example and the truth. You start by following example. Repeat after me. What do we follow first? Example. What is example? It is practice. Yeah, what he does you do. How he gives, I give. You are very sorry. <laughs> Some people are even on the worship teams of apostle. <laughs> eh? Wherever he goes, you go. What he gives you also, what can you give it? When we look in your envelope on Sunday, you know that's why some of us are glad envelopes came. Because if the congregation saw your offering, it's good it's in the envelope. They're about to leave the room. <laughs> Close that door. Secure the exits. Eh? Some people here, they are in school of ministry. Eh? The hard followers, they're the ones I'm talking to. Eh? If they looked inside that envelope, you own a cafe Java's more than God. There's money you can't spend at CJ's. But in that envelope, offertory, you're so glad envelopes came. Because you see, our offertory bags, people can tell how much you're putting in when you're even though you try to hide like this. Eh? If it's not, now I see people running for envelopes. I keep wondering, is it because of envelope? Why? Are they trying to hide what they are putting? So that no one can see. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. <laughs> By the way, that scripture of no one should know. It's for alms. You don't give God alms. People who refuse tithe numbers, they say, I don't want uh, my left hand to know it. It's talking about, like, don't go telling everyone when you give someone in need. It's for alms. Yeah. They would know. The sacrifices, everyone knows you've brought a sheep. This sheep, this one has a pigeon. This one, everyone knows what you've brought at the time of sacrifice. You had to appear before the Lord, not empty-handed. They didn't have cash. There were no envelopes for sheep. You can't fit the sheep in the envelope. So you're hiding your tithe because you're a thief. Yeah? <laughs> uh -uh. Closely follow the example. That is loyalty. Loyalty is practical, you guys. Because we read it, the definition in the dictionary says to show firm and constant support. Imagine if all of us looked like apostles. And I'm not saying we are at the level where he is. We may not be able to give exactly what he gives, but we, go, we are moving towards it. Do you understand? There is progress. Eh? That when they look in those, on Sunday morning, you're sure that if disciples show up. You know, sometimes I look at the offering and I'm like, I know what I gave. And then I see the total. Ah! And we were 500 people. Adults. My disciples were present. I've reached a point where I'm about to start asking them, bring your envelopes one by one before you give, I check. I mean, it's too much. 
because they are not loyal. And some of you, you are pastors. But if we checked your offertory, and you know what? You don't give because you, you have money. You have money because you give. You don't give because you're wealthy. You're wealthy because you give. Because the one thing that you can control is your seed. And so with the measure you use, it's measured back to you. If you use a small measure, you get a small measure back. If you use a big measure, you get a big measure back. Timothy has... You don't just follow my example. You don't, some of us, the only thing we know about following is going where apostle goes. Following our location pastor, where they go. Eh? But hard followers are people who closely follow the example and truth. Both. Not one or the other. Follow example and truth. Example and truth. If you follow only example, you might miss out on some impartation. If you follow only truth, you will miss out on example. You understand? Eh? So you need both. That's why the disciples, they followed Jesus and did what he was doing and asked questions, but they were also present to hear teaching. So do the Apmo challenge, but on top of that one, do what Apmo says to do. He gave us an instruction, either this year or last year, and he instructed each one of us to take care of an orphan and pay school fees. Some of you up to now have never done it, and you are a hard follower. You wear the t-shirt. You're a liar. We are not loyal. You bought two t-shirts in different sizes, and now you are trying to make a jumper. Hard follower. <laughs> I'm a mafom. I'm not talking about Pastor Ari. She's a hard follower. In different colors. Closely follow the example. Closely follow the example and truth that has been imparted to you. Model your life after their life. Model your life after their life. My husband is a, is a good follower. Because you see, the house that, that we are building looks a lot, like if, it, if the land was as big as it was going to be almost identical, but very, very close to the house that, 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 uh, that Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari have. Yeah, you build, you don't try to build, you. we went to the same architect. Don't go to our own architect because for us, we saw a house in America. I mean, you can do it. Guys, I'm not saying that you should, that it's bad if you build a house that doesn't look like a, no, 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 no. You can build, as long as you build. Build, and don't build a house with no architecture. Architect. Please, I beg. Because, eh, which house? Where do you? You're not from this home. You're not a follower. You're not closely following anyone. You're following someone else. And therefore, you're not in the lineage. And therefore, you don't have an inheritance. Remember, the point of loyalty is God changing our identity and giving us an inheritance that we did not have before. He wants to give us... I told you the examples. David did not have an inheritance of kingship until he followed Saul. Even when he was anointed, he could not become king until he followed. He had to be loyal to a man who was a king and carried the kingly anointing. The same thing for Elisha. He was a businessman. When he followed a prophet, he became a prophet. The same thing for Ruth. She was a Moabitess. When she followed a woman of Israel, she ended up in the lineage of Jesus, where she did not belong. On and on it goes Rahab, a prostitute, <laughs> makes her way into those, the, the story, those stories because of her loyalty to the people of Israel, the people of God. 
So loyalty is a setup. It's not for the other person. Don't think loyalty is making you worship someone or what. It's like it's for your advantage. It's for my advantage. When you build a house, a person doesn't live in it. When you buy land, his net worth doesn't increase. When you write another book, you're not, he's not more respected on your behalf. You understand? When you take care of an orphan, the blessing doesn't go to him. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hands, but how many of you are actually taking care of an orphan right now from the time that instruction was given? But you're a hard follower. You wear T-shirts. Okay, you're like, me, I didn't buy the T-shirt. But in your heart, you consider yourself to be a loyal person. <laughs> we saw you in Mbali at the hard followers camp. Follow example closely. Not loosely, not from a distance. Follow the example and the truth. Follow example and truth. That is loyalty. Loyalty is firm and constant support. Firm and constant. Firm and constant support. Let's go back to, you know, the, here he says the faith I have. Because the end of it is that what the person you're following has, you have. That's the end of loyalty. Is that the end of Elijah's, Elisha's loyalty was that he became a prophet. More than a stronger prophet than even Elijah. The, the end of David's loyalty is that he became a great king. Yeah? The end of Ruth's loyalty, loyalty is that she became a, 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 a mother of faith in there in the lineage of Jesus. The end of Timothy's loyalty is that he became a bishop and church planter in his lifetime. He took on the mantle of Paul. The end of loyalty is you receive an inheritance. Remember that. Let it make you excited. Let it drive you to know there's an inheritance for me. And sometimes it's not so obvious. To Ruth, there was no, she didn't follow because maybe the other poor, you can say, okay, they saw something. You know, that's why I love Ruth's story for me. That it's not that the others, you might say that, okay, David saw a king, you know, Gundi saw a prophet. About what, what did Ruth see? That's why her story is in the Bible. To watch out when God opens your heart to people. That's why you're in this house of worship harvest. God has something for you. It may not be obvious. No, because some of you, your problem is that, maybe I don't see myself in church things. Ah, but I'm in school of ministry somehow. And I, I really don't. None of us did. Mama, you have no idea. None of us did. By a stretch. It was like the most far off thought. Not even thought. Really, it never occurred to me. But as you follow, God works. As you follow, God works. For you, you're just serving. Me, I was just here to serve. I'm still here to serve. Genuinely, they know. I've even asked Pastor Ari and Apostle, you, you bring me to Nali and I serve. And I'm not joking or pretending or trying to be. I really mean it from my heart. That's where my comfortable place would be. I would prefer to be because that's what I want to do. This whole idea of leading a location, it's first of all, it's a lot of work. The other thing is easier to just serve someone else who's leading. But you know, as you're doing that, you just keep, just keep serving. Just keep being loyal. Don't try to define the thing. What does this mean? Does it now mean that the next level is just relax? Ah, relax and just follow. Then when they tell you to do, you do. Okay. And you're loyal. Firm and constant support. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. Wow. What are we doing? Firm and constant support. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Lord, help me. Okay. Then before you know it, one day people are talking about how great you are. And you're like, oh. These people, they don't know. Firm and constant support. Firm and constant support. Let's go back to the story of Jesus. Luke 2.49. 
Luke 2, 49. Jesus says, I must be about my father's business. Sons are about, didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house, eh? consumed with him? First, give us the NKJV. Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? If you are loyal as a son or a daughter, you must be. Not you should be. Not it's good for you to be. Not, and we said business is what? Regular occupation. Trade or profession. Oh, regular. Regular. For me, it's being regularly occupied with something. What are some of the things that, 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 this, that apostle is regularly occupied with in this movement? Teaching. So as they're saying them, ask yourself, hey, am I regularly occupied with that? Teaching, praying, making disciples, generosity, church planting, building, buying land, writing books, raising leaders, meeting people, training other pastors, visiting, like he's about that kingdom. So even when you're a business person like Pastor Stephen here, Mugabe, you know that the point of your business is to support the church. So he's a businessman, but he's involved in making disciples as a zonal pastor, he's an elder, even the business is the point of business is to gather other businessmen so that they sub he gives to the church work, he's giving to buy the land, what? Saving, the business is saving, the business had to get out of debt, you've heard the story how it was in so much debt, that did not look like being about your father's business, came out of debt, the business is a tithing business, you know, but some of you, you have businesses, they have never heard of the word tithe. Mm, doesn't you tie? Tie what? I tie my salary, pastor. But you're the business owner. You're not about your father's business because all apostles' businesses are tithing businesses. They all tithe and they all save 20%. Every business that he runs. What about yours? You say no. Now, ha, can explain. Eh? Mm, the economy, you know, can be very. In this season, I also I have the pattern, and the patterns are not very open. Uh, see, patterns. It's a journey. It's a journey, pastor. It's a journey. It's a journey. I am processing. Mm, I'm processing. Mm, I'm praying about it. Uh, my heart. I'm praying for my heart to move to the point of tithe. Wow, your heart. You just need to get the money and give it. Your heart is not involved. You're in a transitional season of management crisis and the conceptual governance. I must be, say, I must be about my father's business. Yes. You must show firm and constant support to whatever occupies your father. Yes. If we are buying land, we buy it. If we are taking care of orphans, we take care of orphans. If we are, you understand? Do it, did it. I'm still young. I can't take care of orphans. Mm, even me, even me, I'm an orphan. I need the caretaker. You are in your father's house. The point of loyalty. You are looking to check your heart. The point of loyalty is inheritance. It's a setup for greatness. Tell me, when you start saving and investing, 
that 20 percent won't you become great in your family you know we like to talk about loyalty only in terms of do you love me but you see jesus says if you love me feed my sheep like he says that for him love is not a feeling to jesus it is can you take care of what i take care of Will you be occupied with my business? That's loyalty to God. Loyalty to God is not crying and kneeling down and, and crying tears. And you read these, if, if, these things also, they come out and you cry, Lord, I'm loyal. I will go. I will go. Then they tell you, now we need you to start a mission or community. I'm praying about it. Praying about it. My heart. MC Chagan, you know. Lord God, I will go. Jesus says, I must. What does the word must mean? There's no option about it. Like, it's not that I, if I do it, I get a reward for it. Like, guys, this is my life. I am a loyal guy. I'm 12 years old, but I'm loyal. I must be about. This is it. What we do in my father's house, we go in the, we go in the, in the, in, in the synagogue and we argue scripture. We teach. I, I must be about my father's business. Like, this is what we do. We plant churches. We, we take care of, we make disciples. We save money. We, we build great, strong marriages. We, 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 you know, we do evangelism. It's what we do. It's like, what else can I do? I walk around with my envelopes in my bag. Even now, if mama opens it, she'll find them there. 10%, 20% in my, and I've had them for years, since last year. I walk with my envelopes. Anytime money comes, you she comes on my phone, I send it away. Tifa is here, she's the administrator of Gayaza. She can tell you that there's no week that has ever passed without her receiving tithe. Sometimes she receives tithe five times a week. And that's as quickly also as savings go. Guys, it's good. Are we perfect? No. There are times I've eaten the money and I have, and I know in my heart I hear God telling me, the way you can't touch tithe now, B3, put back the money. Recently, I had to go and someone gave me a gift. I got all of it, took off tithe and, and topped up and saved all of it because I knew the mabanja I had for savings. Because if I look at my tithe, the approximate, because I don't really do 10%, I go a little above, but I can quickly tell close to, then I calculate 20% and know her. When I look at the savings, they are not matching that tithe. I ate it. Then I have to refund it. But I wasn't always like that. I was I really believed in it once and starve. Yeah, I believe God will take care of us. Why should we be there saving? Eh? God, even the serves, the birds don't save, you know. They eat. But birds don't take care of anyone. So you'll be like a bird if you refuse to save. You'll only open your mouth and God gives you food. But you will never ever be helpful in the kingdom. You're a bird. Is that what you want to be? You want to be a bird with an open mouth looking for food. Birds don't go helping anyone. Birds don't have disciples. <laughs> We're on loyalty, I have to remind you. <laughs> it is a practical. Do, 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 are you, are you, don't you like this message? I'm, 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 I'm too practical. You can't go away and say, ah. Uh, and you continue refusing to save after today. Ah, you have a, you will have a demon. But I'm not talking. Of course, I'm not. You guys, I'm teaching you so that you go and teach others. Yeah, the ones I'm teaching are the ones you need to send this link to. You, you here. 
with all this anointing, people have money in their bank. Pastor Ari, people have saved. <laughs> no jokes, my friend. No jokes. So, Jesus says, do you not know that I must be about my father's what? What is our father's business? Constant occupation. Church planting. But that's the end result. There are things that help us to get to that place. And our apostle has talked about them so much. Let's get involved. Let's get engaged. Let's be about our father's business. That is loyalty. Loyalty is when, you know, like we are constant. We are the same. We are firm and constant support. We're not on and off. I'm, I'm saving now. I'm no longer. Now, now I'm no longer. Now I'm, you know, it's firm, constant. We look the same, closely follow the example and the truth. Is your neighbor bored? First stand up. First stand up. It's hard to doze when you're standing. Let's read John chapter 5. Thank you. Verse. We'll start from oh, 5.19. But if I go there, will I recover? I'll recover. Let's, let's start from verse 17. Oh, Pastor Arian, Pastor Solome, <laughs> the orphan, we're looking for the orphan to take care of. <laughs> Find an orphan, you people. The year has ended. Find an orphan and start helping them next year and commit. May I have my orphans? Mm. Z. Yes. Mm. You have to show me one like this, Pastor Glory. You're going to show me one often. This month of November, this one. Mm. You have to. Every, you see, guys, eh, in every instruction is, um, is a setup. You see, eh, you see, you see Saul, eh? he was on, his father had sent him to look for donkeys. And Jesus, then the Holy Spirit tells Samuel about a man looking for donkeys. Imagine if he had decided he had sent a servant. That servant would have become king that day because it was the man who was looking for donkeys. When David goes on the instruction of his father to take sandwiches to his brothers, it was just a normal errand, an instruction. When he gets there, he doesn't know that that very day in that instruction, he was going to meet his destiny, fighting Goliath. In the instruction, there is a setup. Sometimes your instruction is in that thing of take care of an orphan. You, you don't know. And you th you're praying, you're pray, praying about some church growth. It's that orphan. Maybe their mother is going to open up an entire community. But you don't know. You're praying for church growth. God is waiting for you to go to the orphan. And that orphan is going to end up opening up an entire place of ministry for you. It, it's in, it's those, those instructions that are given. It's in the saving of the 20%. Then you've made enough money. Then we have an opportunity. You buy, you buy into an investment that is going to, you will never have to look for money again for the rest of your life. But by the time the instruction came, you delayed. What? What? Then by the time they're asking, you don't have the money, you click. Like, uh, we waste so much time and opportunity because we don't follow simple instructions. But that's what loyalty makes us follow instructions. Because we are firm and we are constant and we are about our father's business. We, when we are listening, we're not just listening to, a, to a someone, we are hearing instructions. Yeah. And the apostle says, if I were you, you just say, uh-huh, what am I going to do? 
because I am you. You are me. We are, we are us. What are we doing? Yeah. Where are you? Why would what? You're like, noted. <laughs> we are doing it. But for some of us, we're like, ah, yeah, if I, mean, if I was there, I would actually do it. <laughs> if I was you, Apostle, I would do the same thing. Thank God I'm not you. <laughs> for you, they have to come and tell you, this is an instruction. <laughs> Where will you go? But Jesus answered them and said, what? My father has been working until now and I have been? That is loyalty. They were telling him, why are you healing people on the Sabbath day? He's like, God doesn't take a break on the Sabbath. So I won't take a break on the Sabbath. Eh. Loyalty <laughs> is that the same thing. If you forget anything today, the same thing must flow. That's where we began in the morning. The same oil that is on the head is on the beard and on the garments. The oil can't be green, then it turned to red, then it became blue by the time it reached you. It began with saving 20%. By the time it reached you, we try and save. By the time we reached you, poverty. Which, it's not the same head. That's not the same person. That, the person who the limbs are moving in very different ways, then they, have a, they need mental, mental problems. And that's how some of us, our lives are looking because we don't, we don't understand that that is, that is a function of loyalty. Ruth says it, where you go, I will go. She says, I'm loyal to you. And this is what my loyalty looks like. Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Yeah. There are things you can't... Like, I went to pray at worship of his guys, and I was taking pictures and telling those guys, guys, the, the cathedral, like, we can't have a room where chairs are disorganized because no one is using them in the week. Because apostle, it would never happen where apostle is. I don't want it to happen where I am. So I told them, never allow this to happen again. The place must be set up as if it's Sunday morning, every time. Cleanliness, I don't want a piece of paper anywhere. I don't want. Not because apostle is coming to visit or because someone is going to see me, but same oil. The same oil must flow. 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 In every area, the same, oh, that is loyalty. Firm, constant support and allegiance. Our lives must look the same. I want you to imagine an army of loyal worship harvesters where we are, we are all saving, we are all buying land, we are building, we are planting churches, we are making disciples, marriages are working. Do you see how we will take the world by storm? But the problem is that some people are doing it, some are not. Some people are half, half, 50%, 70%, 20%, zero. Me, I'm here for deliverance. Me, I'm here for what? It's... So you find that, that it's, it's a movement, but uh, it's not moving as it should. The speed, the, because it's not running down. Do you understand? The oil is not, it's flowing down. Some places it's stuck. It's stuck on the shoulder of the priest. Because it has no one. After, after you, no one has received. For you, you receive instructions and you do them, but you don't pass them on with the same vigor to your disciples. You're saving, but none of your disciples saves none. And you say, I'm nangi. What do you do? For me now, I moved, I moved on. I tried that thing with my, my zonal pastors. Now I told them yesterday, effective this weekend. Yeah, we are saving together. I don't longer trust you. You send the money. And I told them the minimum amount. You send it to this number. At the end of the month, I give it to you. Then you should put it. Or if, you are, if I don't trust you, I will put it for you in HMC under your name. The good thing is your money. You become rich. 
Because I told him, guys, 10 years from now, we are going to find different colors here. Some people are doing well, others are broke, children are what? Then we'll look like we are bad people. So it's a thing of we are going to do the work. But some of us, it's not firm and constant. Like, it stops, the oil doesn't continue. It's not running down. Hmm? The instruction is not moving quickly. I want with the same vigor, with the same energy, with the same constancy and insistence. Because if you're in apostle space, you know that there are things you can't do. Why do you allow them? What you're creating is disloyalty. Remember, it is the work of parents to teach children loyalty. But if we ourselves are not the example, it's going to be hard for you to tell people to save when you're not saving. Mm -hmm. Pastor Glory can show her disciples her savings and they'll say, ah, we are, we, are, we are going to save. In fact, some of them have listened today and maybe they've not been listening to her very well in terms of savings. I think they're going to now be very serious because they're like, ah, my young pastor. Mm, no. Some of you, your respect for her has increased today. You're like, eh, Pastor Glory is not just a noise maker every day. <laughs> So imagine if Pastor Glory meets a brother who doesn't understand saving. It is complicated. You can sit down. I didn't want you to sleep. Now you're awake. I wanted blood to flow. Guys, um, are you understanding? I know I'm not giving you quotable quotes, but what I want is, I don't want you to go with a quote. I just want you to go and do something. Yeah? And say, these are the things that, that my father's business, the things he's constantly occupied with. Am I occupied with them regularly? Am I occupied with them regularly? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I can't really speak too well, but I've tried. I, at least now we have written, I've written three books. And I'm working on another one. Yes. Every year. I've never done a book launch. But at least the books have... Each book has sold more than a thousand copies. Mpola Mpola. Yes. To Mpola, we shall get there. You know, the thing is that you, you become, you do, that thing Apostle was saying that because he is loyal to Bishop Doug, he is doing a little bit of what Bishop Doug is doing. Bishop Doug might have thousands of churches built. We are now in the, in the tens and more. Eh? If it's a church plants, we are in the 70s. If it's the, you know, we are, we are going. Miracles, they are now increasing. Or maybe teaching pastors. What, that's where he is right now, teaching pastors in different places. At a small level, yes, Bishop Doug might have 5,000 people, but at least Apostle has 500 pastors gathering. You understand? Like, like, there's some progress towards the person you're loyal to. There's, there's something. There, there must be that as you closely follow the example, the fruit must show. You know when they meet someone and they're like, but you, you behave like the people of the other house. You know, like, there's, you behave like... Jesus answered them and said what? Together, what does the scripture say? My father has been working until now and I have been working. Then verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father making himself equal. That verse, I won't get into it. Verse 19. 
Then Jesus answered and said to them, listen, uh -huh, most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does. Banange, this verse, eh? it really describes loyalty. <laughs> In the ministry. In your work. With, and when I say the ministry, I'm not just talking about church planting. Life. Because life is ministry. He's saying, I, I, the son can do what? How much? Nothing. Nothing of himself. Except what he sees the father do. Meaning you have to be able to see the father to do what he does. Remember he told them, for this reason, I'm sending you my son, who? Timothy. So sometimes even though apostle is not present, there's someone present with you whom he has sent. So you, you do what you see them do. Because whatever he does, the son does in like manner. In other words, he's constantly connected to the flow of what is coming from the father. There is no loyalty without connection. You can't be loyal to someone you don't love, someone you don't admire, someone you're not connected to. If you don't, if you don't love and admire your father, you're not going to be connected to them and be loyal to them. You're even your natural parents. If you don't love and admire your spouse, you're not going to be connected to them and to be loyal to them. Therefore, love and loyalty work hand in hand. Loyalty is an expression of love. Tell me, you guys told me characteristics of loyalty. You told me people cover each other. They celebrate. Those are love things. People who love each other, cover each other, celebrate each other, look out for each other, what each other, each other, each other. There's a connection. There is no loyalty without love. And admiration. And high esteem. Jesus esteemed the Father. That's why he said, I do what I see him do. You're not going to copy someone who you despise. You already despise them. Why are you going to copy them? Loyalty is very connected to love. Um, I don't know what the next verse says, but I think I want to move us to maybe our last two scriptures. What does the next verse say? Yes, you see, love has come. For the Father loves the Son, Bambi, and shows him all things. You guys, that's what Apostle does for us. He loves us, and he shows us all the things that he himself does. And he says, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. That actually, when someone loves you, they show you what they're doing to succeed. And our apostle, that one, he excels at it. There's nothing, if it works, eh, you're all going to do it by force, by fire. By force, by fire. And it can, and even you, you have a zono pastor, they are trying to make you read your Bible. They are trying to help you to pray. You're annoyed, you don't want to come for 5 a.m. prayer. Who is going to grow? It's you. You have a location pastor, they are making sure you're saving, you're investing, you're showing up on time. I've been teaching the people who are a disciple to be responsive, a certain way to be responsive on WhatsApp. To be responsive, telling them that I don't feel like you're excited about me. Other people outside are excited about me. But you see, it's to your disadvantage because as many as receive me, they will get the right. Every one of us has some level of anointing. Because the anointing, when it flows from the head, it comes to the beard. Whatever is on the beard is what is going to flow to the garments. Because you know some of it stays on the head. Not all of it comes. So you need to be positioned. If you're near the beard, at least it will come to your garments. So sometimes, we are the, the ones that are on the garment, like you need to be positioned near the garment. So if Pastor B3 is the garment, she may not be the head, but she's, but she's maybe here on the shoulder, or she's on the waist there. And it's going, what is on her will come to you. It will run down to you. But many of us, we can't position ourselves. And so someone is saying, the father, you know how, someone, how you know someone loves you? It's there in the scripture. 
What does it, what, what, what's the sign? They show you all things that they are doing. That is love. When someone shows you, your disciple shows you what they are doing to succeed, copy it. Do it. With joy. Not when you're annoyed. This is a very powerful scripture. And, he, and when you do what they've told you to do, they will show you greater works. So that you may become a marvel. So that you may become a wonder in your family. You may become a wonder in your generation. You may become a wonder. But it begins with admire what they do, do it, be loyal, and then greater works can come. Do what they do. Because Apostle is not just taking care of a few orphans. He has set up a whole thing called Father's Heart to pay fees for people who are orphaned, disadvantaged, on top of college fund. Like he has gone from small scale, which he does, he did it in his household with Pastor Ari, who was also always taking care of orphans undercover, and then blown it up. Hmm, this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mob, undercover, always. Some people there she's taking care of. What, what? Mm -hmm. So for, by the time they gave her the instruction for her bambi, she was already living in it. Our leaders never tell us to do things they don't do. That's one of the most powerful things about this movement. But if someone has loved you to show you what they do, show loyalty and also pick it up and run with it. Don't wait for your personality to catch up. Your personality is a lie. Your personality is the personality of Jesus. Your, yeah, your personality is in Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace. That's who you are. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Mm, that's who you are. It's not phlegmatic and sanguine. So which what was Jesus' personality type? Auntie, as he is, so are we in this world. Which one was it? Munange, unless we remove those scriptures. What was Jesus' personality type? Was he, he was melancholic, eh? He was sanguine. He was phlegmatic. He was choleric. Eh? What was it? Which one was it? Show it to me in the scriptures. He was what? He was mellow. Huh? No, he was, he was what? He was creative. He was, a, he was a creative, you know, and, and indisciplined. Because he was a creative, he was indisciplined. He was quiet and, you know, yeah. No, 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 actually he was, he was, he was, he was, he, what was he? What was the other one? Choleric. He was in charge. You know, he showed choleric tendencies. No, 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 actually he turned tables, you know, he was choleric. But also he was sanguine. He played with children. Yeah. Sunshine, sunshine. No, he was phlegmatic. Guys, what will those things? They're nice eh? for the world. Let's not adopt them. They have to have some theories to guide them. For us, we know what our personality type is. Those things are excuses for bad manners. Whoa. Yes, me, you know, I'm choleric, you know, I'm sanguine, I'm very bad with detail. I can't concentrate for, for so long, you know, I have ADHD. Nonsense. Show it to me in the scriptures. I have social anxiety. It's a demon. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer. What you need is to go and pray in tongues without anxiety. For one hour of praying in tongues, you will come out with some joy and peace. Yeah, the peace of God that passes all on us, it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I have social anxiety, you know, when I'm, about people, when I'm around people. No, you're supposed to be hospitable. Be around people. 
Uh, I've touched a thing. Eh? I see people who like protecting demons. You're there with your demons of depression and anxiety. You don't understand, you know, mental health awareness. I've been depressed. Don't tell me about mental health awareness. We should help people, but help them out of, not try to massage demons into them. Let's finish loyalty. Mm. We are talking about loyalty, by the way. John chapter 7 from verse 16 to 18 will be our last scripture. Some people here. Mm. To me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sanguine. You know, I can't concentrate for long. Uh, it's just you have bad manners. And you're trying to use your bad manners to give them a name so that we excuse them. Yeah, sit down and listen. Shut up and listen. Concentrate. Yeah, you're an adult. Even children. I don't allow those things with my kids. This one, that's her personality type. <laughs> ah, you're about to receive a new personality. Sit down and keep quiet. That's how we were raised in church. We went to church, dressed well, and sat down. Didn't understand anything that the preacher was saying. Anything, because there was no children's church. Sat down, didn't understand anything, didn't cry for a snack, and went home. We didn't eat mean, but you have to pack a snack, you know, the babies. Who taught you that stuff? Unless they are a baby who actually needs a snack. We shouldn't even be coming to church, maybe. If they are that young. But you have a seven-year-old crying for a snack. After one hour. You are raising chaos. You are raising chaos. Parents. You know, I want to be friends with my kid. Has God ever told you to befriend your children? Children. Be friends with your parents. For this is right. Be friendly with your father and mother. They will be your friends, but that is after they have matured, where they can be your friends. And they, they do not. Children, as you teach them obedience, that's what the, you obey. Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. Yes, when I say stop it, me when my children say, Mommy, why? I said so. I don't explain. Oh, actually, the point of this, sit down and I tell you why it's good to brush your teeth. You see when you don't brush your teeth, you see germs, little animals, they eat your teeth, they create cavities. I can be doing salvations at that point leading someone to Christ. I'm explaining to you rotten teeth. You brush your teeth because I told you to brush your teeth. When you're older, I can actually explain to you one day, but not under, why did you tell me? What? What, who, are, who are you talking to? And I'm telling you, parents, those are the things you're teaching your children. Some of you, you've picked up some, some Western notion. When that society you are copying, what do you admire about their families? They are broken. Broken families. People are individualistic. Broken homes. At burials, people show up alone. Three people burying someone. People have ex-mothers and fathers now. My ex-mom. Yeah. And if we follow them, who you follow, you become. You're following that stuff from the West. We need to pray for them. They brought us the gospel. It's time for us to take it back. There are things you shouldn't adopt. Check your scriptures. Where is that stuff? Every, you, there's a place for reasoning with children. There's a place for not reasoning. 
Your children must obey you because you said so. One of the poor has raised incredible children is Pastor Ari. Her children are so disciplined. They are so, they are so disciplined and therefore so pleasant. You see, disciplined children are pleasant. These things of we have your kid, they are running around like a fly. Like a bee. Eh? She's three years old. I have one of those who has the capacity. So she knows. I grab her arm and squeeze it and pinch it. Tell her, sit down. If you move again, you'll see me. And I mean it. She moves again. We, we've walked out before, gone to the bathroom, and I've spanked her and brought her back into church. Yes. We're raising people who, if, because you didn't raise them to be able to sit down and listen, now they, are, they give them, ah, they have attention deficit disorder. No. You raised an indisciplined child. They can't listen to teachers. Teachers in schools are suffering with our children because we've raised them poorly. They speak back. You don't answer back an adult. You don't. If you buy for this one a birthday gift, you have to buy for all the children. What are you teaching? That it is this one's birthday, we have to buy for everyone so that they don't feel sad. You're teaching them never to celebrate anyone's success. They cannot celebrate anyone's success. But, oh, the child will feel bad. Yeah, let them feel bad. And then deal with that demon. Why are you rewarding a demonic behavior? Competition, you're rewarding it in your home. That the child should not feel happy for others. You should, for them to feel happy, they also have to get something. Me, I don't do those things. I don't buy clothes for all the kids and I have only girls. Please not. I don't. She will tell you. I'll tell her I need clothes for this one. Why? They need clothes. And when I buy the clothes, you come and watch your sister try on and you be happy for her. And now it's not a thing. In the beginning, uh, what is that? What is that? Why you that is demonic behavior. Yeah, and I will tell them. They don't. So they can't even say, oh, mommy, this one, they even come tell you, so and so needs shoes. Now they are, mommy, come and see what this one has got. They've got a very nice gift. They celebrate each other. Oh, that's so nice. You turn around and I see, turn around and I see, mommy, it's so nice. Mommy, thank you for buying for her. She really had bad clothes. But before, me, I didn't get on my birthday. You did not buy for me. Did, uh, give me. What have I given you? Bring it. You'll never see it again. Because even the little you have will be taken away from you. I take it away until you say sorry. I don't need to give you a gift for what? A gift is me. Mommy, I don't like my gift. Oh, sorry, sweetheart, you bring. Mm. I will never give you another gift again. Don't worry about it. Why should you were happy before? Now you've become sad because of a gift. What a bad thing. Now, I think even when they think those thoughts there, they're like, some of them, they come and tell me later, Mommy, the truth is, I wasn't happy, but I knew if I say... <laughs> You take it away, so hey, me. I saw the other one crying. Like when they see someone crying, they're like, hey, 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 hey. You better keep quiet before they find you. But some of you, you're even listening to me and saying, Oh no, that's so harsh. You know, you raise, raise yours, raise yours with no harshness. We will see how they'll survive in the world together. Give us 10 years, give us 10. The whole, the real world is not like that. Then these things of everyone is a winner. Mommy, we went. My team was the fourth out of four. I told her, no, sweetheart, you are the last. Yeah. No, mommy, there's no last. We are all winners. No, honey, you are the last. For there to be a winner, there has to be a loser. You are the last. And it is bad to be the last. She started to cry. I said, uh-huh. 
That means she has understood. You should cry. You were the last. Next time you should work harder to be the first. You were the last. You were not the fourth best out of four. You were the losers. And we are not going to celebrate. We are not going to the restaurant to celebrate. You lost. We are going home to eat our food. And, I'm so, and then I'm so sorry. Next time you might win. Work harder. It's even the other boy who did not about what. I'm like, yeah, that's how teamwork is. I'm sorry, sweetheart. You feel sad. I'm sad with you. I'll hold your hand. I'm so sorry. Next time you'll do better. But you are not, the, you are not a winner. You are the losers. But they gave us a trophy. You have bad teachers. Because those are the same people now, when you teach them like that, and they have not saved money, Mama, do you know what happens? They say, it doesn't matter whether I've saved or not, we are the same. No, we are not the same, you're broke. What are we teaching our children? Who are we raising? Let me go back to loyalty. much deception in our society. And mother, we are children of truth. Fourth best out of four. With a trophy. Everyone is a winner. Where did we get that stuff from? From television. It's not from Africa. Africans, we don't tell those lies. What are we adopting? Moral relativity. What is that nonsense? <laughs> Let's go back. Everyone is a winner. No, you're not. Like, there's no way. If there's a winner, then there has to be a loser. If we're all winners, what's the point? And I like in this movement, we don't do those things. We even know which location is doing well, where, which one is struggling, where. You feel the badness, you feel it. You would be in red, you're in red, you hate it. That's the spirit of God. It's a spirit of winning. A spirit of progress. He says we attain to a high goal. Like there's something to attain to. We are moving forward. We are taking territory. We are not, everyone is a winner. Oh, what? Hey, we are raising little monsters. Children who can come and sit down when adults are standing. That's my mama. <laughs> anyway, me, I see those things and I'm like, some people I say, I wish they would give me their child for one month. I would drive out all those demons. Yeah, their children don't know to who, but children actually like my home. That's the weird thing. Children love me and they love my home because they are, they are boundaries. They are boundaries. There are people whose children, when they come to my home, like the Subuga's children, they love my home. And when they come, I give them a few hours of being guests. Then after that, they are doing chores. I say, ah, you have been guests for two hours. Ah, now. <laughs> who's doing the dishes? <laughs> yeah, we have finished. Now you are family members. Yes. And they love my home. I give them chores. I correct them. 
I'm the one who told them, if, I, if you ever find me in a place and you don't greet me. <laughs> and when you're greeting me, you stand up. And then you give me a hug. And then I talk to you when I'm done, you go. You don't greet me and run away. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Huh? You've grown tall. What's happening? You usually okay be of parents. But I say, okay, you can go. They see me from a distance. I, one time one of them waved at me. <laughs> I said, I looked like this to see who they are waving at. I said, The Bible says you will rise before the gray-headed. I have some disciples I had to teach in their adulthood. One of them, I remember, I don't know if it was a concert, but someone, they left their seat and a person sat on it, an older person. Then I saw them trying to remove that. Excuse me, that's my... I... Come here. Come, 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 come. What are you doing? Eh? You can't make that... But I came first. Oh, oh God! You came first where? In the world. A person who is... Those are the things they taught us in our culture, especially Uganda culture. Baba. So you should pick up those things. Older people are old, even if it's your sister who is old, even my kids, I think that person is older than you. You don't talk to them like that. Okay, name, we've not reached that level. They can call them by their name. In Uganda, maybe, but in Angola, you can call the name. But you don't... Yes, well, you don't. You don't talk to your sister certain way. She's older than you. Simple. She gets more privileges. Yeah. It is what it is. I didn't decide that she's one who would come first. Guys, let's be careful what we are learning and passing on in our homes. Follow both example and truth. Some examples lack truth. Yeah, like the idea of give everyone a gift on the birthday. That's not of God. You're raising people who can never celebrate another's greatness. Ever. And in the beginning, as a parent, of course I feel bad. I, want, I even feel tempted to go and buy them something so that they stop crying. But if I fall into that temptation, oh, I've just created a pattern. Yeah. They will never, but now they can go anywhere, celebrate other people's birthdays, be really happy, look forward to, um, now they count, now but one of them keeps saying, Man, I get mommy, my birthday is for how many months? How many months to go? But that's okay, have something to look forward to. But celebrate when it's your sister's time, or your brother's time, and be really happy for them. Yeah, and then sometimes someone will travel and buy one person a gift. My people, my children are not under pressure, you must buy for everyone. No. Maybe they thought about this one child and they bought them a gift. So if the other one asks why, I say, I don't know. They thought about them. Even you one time, God will put you on the heart of another person. We're not the same. Yeah. I also don't get everything everyone gets. You guys, eh? let's raise our children the God way. That they can survive in this bad world. The world is not like that. Let's go back to where we were. John chapter 7, verse 16 to 18. John 7, 16 to 18, what does it say? Mr. Chisoma, any time now. Aha. Uh -huh. Can we start at 15 and we see? 
Where the book of John is very rich on this topic. And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never? May they ask such questions about you. How does this man know finances, having never done accounting? First, go back, back to verse 15. How does this man know? What? What else? What, what else? How to save when they've never done accounting? How does this man know building when he has never done architecture? How does this man know parenting when he has never done? <laughs> How does this woman know? How to be a good wife, having never had good examples in their mother. How does this man know how to be a good husband, having never had a present father? How does that... May they ask such questions when they see our progress. Yeah. That's what loyalty does. When you get attached to people, it's a setup for greatness. They look at you and say, "Ah, how does this man know these things, having never studied? And when they ask you, you see what, what, the, what led Jesus to be who he is. He gives the answer in verse 16. He says, Jesus answered them and said, together, my doctrine is not mine, but his. Part of loyalty is you don't teach what you want. You teach what the one sent you to teach, sent you to teach. Like today, I can't come and say, okay, for me, my passion is, is marriage. I want to teach you guys about um, the mystery of marriage because uh, Lord and this Lord, the apostle has taught at length, I will send you the links. Meanwhile, he sent me to teach on loyalty and or at your, at your location or in your MC. Maybe you hear these things, men are saying, loyalty. Others, me, I feel like the people need encouragement. Uh, they may never ask you how come this man knows these things. They may never marvel at your progress. Mm. They may never. What leads you to progress is this answer Jesus gave. He said, my doctrine. He's like, guys, you're marveling about my progress. Eh? I'll point you somewhere. This is why I'm progressing. I don't have my own doctrine. But he's... I remember when I found this scripture, I even sent it to our group with the, the network leaders, to Ayambe, and I told them, guys, I found a scripture that's hectic. My doctrine is not mine, but he's who sent me. Part of loyalty is teach what you're being taught. I know we are used to 2 Timothy 2.2. That's okay. This is another version of 2 Timothy 2.2. Is that your doctrine should not be yours, but of the one who sent you. Teach what you're taught. Doctrine is a patterned way of thinking that comes out of teaching. Can someone find out for me the dictionary definition of doctrine, but they may not break it down. Dictionary definition of doctrine. But doctrine is like, like we should have the doctrine of saving. You click like it's, it's how we are. Hmm? A principle or position or the body of principles in a branch of knowledge or system of belief. Uh-huh. A belief or a set of beliefs held and taught by a church. Political party or another group. You know there is doctrine even in political parties. Eh? There are things that they stand for. So like even us, we have doctrine. Doctrine is not just teaching, random teaching. No. It's a, a set of beliefs that is taught consistently. 
And so we have our set of beliefs that is taught consistently. So your doctrine should not be your own. Don't come with your personal convictions. Teach what is taught. Yeah, like Galatians 6, 6 is part of our doctrine. Honor is part of our doctrine. It is a set of beliefs that we teach constantly. So in your mission or community, are you teaching the doctrine that is not yours, but of the one who sent you? Who sent you? Who sent you to plant that MC? Who sent you to plant that church? Who sent you to start that zone? Who sent you? Are you teaching what the one who sent you teaches? That's where the upbound challenge comes from. Don't just listen. Teach beyond hearing it. Teach it. Let them hear you repeat the things that your teachers have taught. Where I lead, the standard is always apostle. When I'm giving, I'm always like, guys, if I mean, I told my leaders that my fear, why I'm trying to raise you this way is I want you to get into his space. But I fear you in his space because of how you behave. So I'm trying to raise people who can be with apostle and it's normal. At his pace, his speed, his what, everything. So that's why I keep referring to him because I don't know another reference. The doctrine, my doctrine, may this, may this be your, your statement. When they come and say, eh, all these savings, Pastor Aringa, you've never learned accounts. Say, my doctrine is not mine. It is the one who sent me. I learned these things from Apostle Mose. I actually have a book, Straightforward Financial Growth. That's my doctrine on finances and how to grow until God puts a spin supernaturally on the thing. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 17. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. <laughs> if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. When you speak on the authority of the one who sent you, you carry the authority of the one who sent you. When you teach what they teach, you get the results that they get, you have the authority that they have. That's the power of loyalty. Is that you tap into something greater than you. And you move at the pace of that thing that is greater than you. Verse 18. Verse 18 says, He who... Now, this one. Hmm? He who speaks... Read with me. He who speaks from himself seeks his own... But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness. Fire, fire, fire. When you speak from yourself, you're looking for your own glory. When you're teaching for the opposite, when we say others, you say, mm-mm. I don't even know what the other thing would be. Eh? When we are teaching about like, Manange, let's take some time and do some self-love. Self-love month. When we're doing others month, yours is self-love month in the, in, the, in the MC. All your posts have nothing. Only on Sundays when you remind people about others. Monday to Saturday. Self-love. Now we say we are going to do an, a series called Everyone Must Play, which is about discipleship. You're like, you guys, eh? I think we need to do something on finances. Monday to Sunday, finances, 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 only. I'm not saying you can never teach another thing when we have a series going. But don't misunderstand me and say, now, we can't teach another thing. No, like, be wise. 
Every, every moment is a teaching moment. But you know what I'm saying? It's a hard thing. Like, in your heart, you always have another thing contrary. He says, that, yeah, for your season. You're seeking your own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. A true son speaks on behalf of their father. They speak what their father speaks. And, and, and we began earlier by talking about oil flowing and talked about accusation and testimony. And now we are talking about doctrine. What we teach matters because teaching is the seed for the harvest of obedience and really life. Because the word of God is the seed. It's a matter of time. The seed must produce a harvest. So for us to see, Paul says Timothy followed him closely. His example, his doctrine, until Timothy started to do the things that Paul did. The end of it. But what are we teaching? Because me, I want us to be practical. We've talked about speaking well of. We've talked about um, many things. <laughs> but one of them is doctrine. Teaching what is being taught. Strengthening the doctrine of this movement. Teaching what is being taught. Taking action on what is being taken action on. Doing like sameness. I'm being about our father's business. Session two is really be about your father's business. Loyalty equals being about your father's business. You can't be loyal, but you're not about your father's business. You must be about, and, and part of it is teaching what is being taught. Be about your father's business. Be about your father's business. I want to close with a verse that has become, I don't know, dear to me. <laughs> has become dear to me. Um, I find it to be very powerful. I think it's 21. Check for me. John 21, maybe verse 18. Yeah. Yes. Okay. John 21, 18. Are you there? Are you ready for one more verse? All right. Read it out with me. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you guarded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old... You will stretch out your hands and another will guard you and carry you where you do not wish. A sign of maturity and a sign of youngness in loyalty. When you're young, they have to teach you loyalty. Don't talk bad things about your sister. What, 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 what? Boy, your brother. When you grow older, you actually realize the power of loyalty. You look for loyal people. You want them to be your friends. You know, loyalty becomes a thing that you esteem very highly. But he's saying that when you are younger, you guarded you. How you know you're young is when you do what you want to do. You can't be loyal that way, by the way. You can't be loyal by... If, if every wife did exactly what they want to do and every husband did what they wanted to do, that's a broken marriage. But what makes a strong marriage is when you look out for one another. When you become loyal to each other. When you start to, you know, lift each other. Word, praise each other. Look out for each other's needs. That's it. There's no feeling about it. You just do it. He says, when you're younger, you guarded yourself and walked where you wished. 
That's how you know you're immature. You do what you want, teach what you want, save wine when you want, don't save when you don't want, plant churches when you want, go where you want to lead, don't lead where you don't feel like leading. You're young, you're immature. He says, when you're older, what happens? You don't just go where you don't want, you stretch out your hands. There's a willingness about it when you're mature. A sign of maturity is when you willingly let another person teach you, guard you with their truth. Because to guard is, the, is, the, is truth, right? He says, you let, you, they let the, another one guards you and they take you where you don't wish. I can tell you the truth. The things that make us loyal in this house and even in our own homes are things that require us to go out of ourselves to do what we don't like to do. I, we don't like evangelism, we do it anyway. That's maturity. We don't like discipleship, we do it anyway. We don't like church planting, we do it anyway. We don't like to give, we do it anyway. We don't like to save, we do it anyway. We don't like to honor our husbands, we do it anyway. We don't like to love our wives, we do it anyway. We don't want to speak well of church members, the leaders, pastors, we do it anyway. And as we do that, we are changed and we become people who people marvel about where they say, eh, you're different. Why? You are taking on the identity of the house you belong to because of loyalty. Loyalty is like a connector. It's like a chip pipe that connects you to the flow of something, to the womb of another, until you become exactly like it. You become a Ruth who is a Moabitess, who, someone be, who somehow enters the lineage of Jesus, who came through the line. Because it was connected to, by loyalty to Naomi. Only. The only thing that connects Ruth to Naomi is loyalty. The only thing that connects Timothy to Paul is loyalty. The only thing that connects Elisha to Elijah is loyalty. They had no ties whatsoever. They were strangers in the beginning. The only thing that connects the apostles to Jesus is loyalty. They are the ones who stayed with him of all the rest. The thing that's going to connect you to this house and is going to help you receive everything God has for you and even in your natural houses to get things you would never get. Never in your lineage. Never. To become a thing you would never become. Is the connection of loyalty. It's that thing which once you connect, because you see, the tap doesn't produce the water. But there's a connection system through pipes, what, what, what. By the time the water comes out, there's so much connection underground eh, that has brought that water from national water somewhere into your house. There's connection upon connection upon, and for us, one of our strongest connectors is loyalty. That in that speaking well of, in that in that getting involved in the things that, 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 that our father is involved in, being about our father's business, in that teaching the same things that are being taught, in that lifting each other up, I tell you what, that is loyalty. And it produces, because remember that the point of loyalty at the end of it all, it's a setup for greatness. God wants to make greatness common. But it's hard. I don't know if you know any story in the Bible where someone became great without loyalty. They were disloyal and great. They're not there. We don't know them. And so loyalty is a gift to us to help us connect to something we would never otherwise connect to if we did not have loyalty. And I think that's the end of my teaching. <laughs>